Hey, everybody. I'm Anish. And I'm Sam. And welcome to Green Mountain Medicine. This week, we are delighted to share a podcast segment produced by UVM third-year medical student Jeremy Altman. Sit back and relax. We hope you enjoy this special guest episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeremy Altman, and you're listening to Mind the Gap, a podcast segment where I interview current medical students to share their experiences with unique gap years or going through varied non-traditional paths into a career in medicine. It's a great honor to introduce my first guest of the series, uh, a dear friend of mine, Elliot Binkard. Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. Well, I guess we'll just start off with a quick introduction. So you could tell us where you're from, where you went to college, and what you studied. Sure. I'm from Ithaca, New York, and I went to college like an hour from there in Geneva, New York, um, at a college called Hobart and William Smith Colleges, and I majored in religious studies and minored in German area studies. Great. And how did you end up at the University of Vermont for medical school? I had two options, and I had done my master's here, and so I was familiar with it, and I felt like I would do better in this environment than the other one because I feel like I do better in small environments, and the other option was like twice the size in terms of the class. So yeah, I just felt like I knew I liked it here and was comfortable here, um, so I thought it would be a good fit. Great. So we're going to get to the meat of all of this, yes. but when did you know that you wanted to go into medicine? I was living in Germany, and I was um, teaching English as a second language and having a really hard time doing that for a number of reasons, and I was watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy, (laughs) and this is why uh, it's funny for me to answer this question because it's like very cliche, but genuinely, watching Grey's Anatomy made me think about what it would be like to work in medicine And initially, I wanted to be a physical therapist because I thought that was more attainable. And then it was like over a number of years that I slowly came around to thinking of being a doctor. So there wasn't a particular moment of thinking of being a doctor, but I guess like the beginning of that was a teacher saying, you're young enough, you should just go for it. And like having one person say, like, you can do this, then made me think I could do it. Nice, nice. So what what were you doing before starting medical school? I basically graduated in 2012 and because I had minored in German and had studied abroad for a semester, I knew I really loved living in Europe. And so I um, applied for a Fulbright teaching assistantship to go back and then got that. And so then I think there was like a year in between from when I graduated. So I went back um, like 2013 to 2014 And then while I was there, like I said, I realized I probably wanted to go into the medical field. And then it was like a long time, four years of working towards that. Okay. So what what was it like living in in Germany? Um, It was good. I really, I mean, there are a lot of things I really like about it. I, I guess, like, all the things that people are probably familiar with, like public transport, just easier to travel to very different places that are very close by, and yeah, I just think it's really beautiful and, like, a very good quality of life, so I really liked it for that reason. The I think the only reason it didn't work so well to be doing the English teaching in that scenario was that I didn't have any, like, experience with it, and I think that made me not as confident, and then it sort of needed to be, you needed to like initiate a lot of how you did it. And I wasn't confident enough to do that. So then I just ended up feeling like I wasn't doing a good job a lot of the time. And that was really frustrating. And then it was like enough money to live comfortably, but not really to do much else. So I couldn't like travel even in like my downtime. Um, And so I just felt very stuck and not great about what I was doing. And so I got actually quite depressed and realized like, yeah, it just wasn't a good situation. So I ended up, I think, coming home a little early and then like going back to school to start doing science classes that I hadn't done, like with my humanities background to start working towards medicine. Okay. Where, where did you choose to do your, your post back? 
I did the first two years going to school part-time, working full-time at a community college near Ithaca, New York. And then I worked for a year without going to school, and then I did my master's for a year. Okay. And the working for a year was um, as a nursing assistant at a hospital because I wanted I hadn't actually like been in the healthcare system at all at that point, so I wanted to make sure it wasn't just like in my head that it was cool. Okay. Uh, so I did that, and then. So what? What were your What were your thoughts? What What kind of made everything more concrete for you? Uh, yeah, that year was very helpful because it was really hard work. Like I have a lot of respect for nurses and nursing assistants, LNAs, like all of the various levels of nursing from that experience. Because, yeah, it was just very grueling. You're, like, always understaffed. It's very, like, physically demanding um, because you're, like, moving patients who are, you know, like, immobile in some way or another. And it was very... I'd I'd say, like, that whole experience was, like, good for becoming comfortable, like, physically touching people because of all, like, the moving and you're doing, like, you know... Yeah, when people can't care for themselves, can't, like, get up to use the bathroom, you're, like, doing bedpans, all that stuff. So it just made me very comfortable dealing with, like, bodily functions and touching people and, like, trying to put people at ease quickly um, who don't know you and they're in a very, like, vulnerable position. And I realized, like, nothing really phased me after that. Like, I wasn't grossed out by anything, pretty much. Um, there were also people who were, like, on end-of-life care, comfort care measures, and so I saw people die and um and would be like in the position after they died of like cleaning the body and like putting it in a a bag to go to the morgue and that was interesting so it was just like a number of things that made me have pretty intimate contact with a lot of areas of medicine and made me realize like I love pretty much all of this and it wouldn't be hard for me to be around this all the time and then also realize that I wanted more say in what happened for patients um, because I considered doing nursing too, um, but I there were enough instances of witnessing like interactions between nurses and doctors where I was like, oh, I would have a really hard time if I was told to do something that I didn't agree with and I had to do it anyway. So yeah, I wanted to be in the position of like leading the ship a little bit more. Sure, yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. So when you were switching over from the humanities towards you know, career in medicine. Yes. What was, was, was it difficult? Did you have any obstacles along the way? Uh, yeah, I guess the main obstacle is just that it took a long time, (laughs) uh, to do all the classes that I needed to do that I hadn't done before. And I did it, like, I did some of them at the community college. I did some online. Um, and then I did the master's program and like, so together it ended up, I ended up eventually getting to everything I needed, but it, definitely took a long time and I think like if you if I had done something other than humanities in undergrad it just would have been a lot faster um but and I guess confidence a little bit like I just never gravitated towards science growing up like the hard sciences um so I I don't know I just feel like I don't I don't have like an affinity for it and so I guess it was intimidating that way, but I just kept seeing, you know, each, like, step of the way that I could do it and then keep going. Yeah, so I guess maybe a lack of confidence and that it took a long time were the main obstacles. Okay. So is there anything from your prior experience in the in the humanities and, and teaching in a different country, are there any skills or, or lessons that you learned that kind of helped you along the way? I would say I'm very comfortable reading maybe, which I know that people that maybe that's a silly comment because most people who go through any undergrad program have to read a lot, but I just feel like, okay, this is a better, this is a more concrete one. I I had to write so many papers in the humanities that to me taking a multiple choice like test, even if it's long and it just feels so easy by comparison. So I, I constantly have that perspective of like, I would so much rather do this than write a paper. Um, and we have to write so little in med school. So <laughs> I guess just like appreciation for um, that being a little bit easier by comparison is nice. I guess it's a little hard for me to say like how much is 
personality versus how much is like from humanity's background, but I just feel like the interpersonal skills with interacting with patients have been very, have come very easily to me. And I think a, a lot of that is, um, is actually work experience. Like I think that came from like cashiering for a long time and then the other jobs, like as a nurse's aide and as a medical assistant at Planned Parenthood, just like a lot of practice like developing basically a rapport with people very quickly and kind of being able to connect with a lot of different types of people. I would say my work experience was actually the most helpful. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's hard for me to know what was maybe helpful about the humanities background because I think it's a lot just the way I think about things, maybe not the way I act as much. That makes sense. No, that, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I was going to say like the, you know, even though you kind of switched paths you know you did you did some prior experience in the in the medical field before applying to medical school and I you know I I had done similar stuff yeah. and I, I feel like it's helped me immensely with yeah. with working with patients yeah because totally. uh you know for those who are starting medical school or thinking about medical school you know we we start to work with standardized patients and yeah. we learn how to interview them and do physical exams on them and I remember being I felt a little bit more confident than some of our classmates because yeah. I, I was just really used to it and yeah. I didn't really have to think too much about it. So yeah. I think that's definitely probably one of the, the more positive impacts that, that working prior to med school probably has. Yeah, and I do think even, I do think like clinical experience is great, but even if it's not clinical experience, just work experience, I think gives you a certain level of confidence in yourself and comfort interacting with strangers that is very helpful. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Are you experiencing any obstacles while in medical school now? Anything that that you didn't anticipate going into medicine, either related to your prior experience or just just something in general that was surprising to you? I feel like if you were catching me on a bad day, I could think of more things. I feel like nothing, <laughs> nothing is like very clearly springing to mind of obstacles. Um, because there, there aren't that many bad days in, in medical school. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> I think it's also like at this point, we're in our third year, um, there's a certain level of confidence I'm feeling in myself to where like even if something is difficult now, I just feel, I, I think I finally feel like I belong in a way that makes it a lot easier. Um, and I think that takes a while to feel that for some people. There, I think it's there's been long enough that like we can see that we all have strengths and weaknesses and you don't feel like you're the only one who's struggling anymore. There was one thing that I actually thought of that I, I found really unique to medical school and, and potentially just grad school in yeah. general. But, you know, my prior school experience was like, at least in college and in high school, you're taking separate courses with different people. Yeah. And one thing that I found so interesting especially like when family members and friends ask like oh like what classes are you taking yeah. I'm like I'm taking medical classes <laughs> like it's like we're all yeah. at the same time yes uh you know like we're it's 124 students yeah. in our class and we're all taking the same exact classes as yeah. opposed to you know someone taking like these particular you know you know someone's taking cardiac while we're taking renal it's everyone's yeah. just learning the same stuff at the same time yeah and I found that to be kind of helpful like yes. especially with just like building partnership with your fellow classmates because yes. we're all just going through the same thing yeah. at the same time totally so I found that to be kind of a plus yeah I would say I'm, I'm now as you're talking I'm thinking back on things from first year that were one thing is like because I don't know, maybe because I don't have as much experience with like standardized tests with a humanities background. Sometimes the timing of tests is really difficult for me. Like I've, there've been a couple shelf exams this year where I was like, I couldn't finish all the questions in the time. Right. And that was stressful. And I feel like it's just like, I'm not, or maybe that's also personality. Like I'm just not as built to skim question stems and choose an answer quickly. I tend uh, to the, be like, the humanities. Yes, I tend to be like pretty methodical and thoughtful, and that can be difficult sometimes. And then there were a couple instances in like the first semester of med school where I just really felt the lack of confidence compared to people who had like done like especially with uh, metabolism. <laughs> there were people who like just knew all the enzyme names from the get-go and uh that was that was really hard and there were times where I really felt like dumb 
and had to give myself pep talks. So it's definitely there's there's ups and downs, and you yeah. know as you said before, everyone kind of has their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, uh, and that's the importance of teamwork. You got to mix them all together and hope that people don't have the same strengths and weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you've you've had a pretty rich background. So a- after all of that work, you're finally in medical school. You're on your way to being a physician. What advice would you give to students who are thinking about going into medicine or thinking about switching into a career in medicine from from something else? I'm going to be biased towards my own experience. So the thing that I think I really value is that I did that, especially that one year of being um, having clinical experience. And I know there's different types of clinical experience, but I would say if you can try and get clinical experience that really gives you a sense of the environment you're going to be in as a doctor. And granted, there's outpatient, inpatient, but I just have noticed with some of our classmates, people struggling with like being really depressed in the hospital because they just didn't realize some things about the environment or really questioning like if this is something that they can do for X number of years, like in terms of residency, because it is just like really exhausting and and you see so much suffering and I just think like knowing that in theory and knowing that reality are two different things and so if you can try and get exposure to that in a more real way to sort of know what you're getting into so that you're less likely to have those moments of panic partway through med school when you're like oh this is really hard for me and have I made a mistake I think like giving yourself exposure ahead of time so that you are really confident you chose the right thing. It's just really helpful. And then I think also because it took me a long time of like whittling away at the requirements. I'm I'm a big fan of like perseverance. Yeah. Um, just not being in a rush because I think it, again if like you know it's the right thing for you, you can enjoy the process and not be so basically stressed out trying to do it as quickly and efficiently as possible. And it also allows you to have some life experience along the way, because I really feel like there was a lot of emotional maturing that happened during my 20s working towards this that I would not want to be going through while I was in medical school. Um, And I know plenty of people do that, but I don't think it's a bad thing to be able to live your life a little bit and then be in a more grounded place to go into this. I agree. I, you know, I, I took two gap years and I, I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I hadn't done what I had done for two years. Yeah. Like just being able to work and just make some money and, and live your life before like going back to school yeah. is, yeah, it, it was helpful. I have one more question for you, sure. but do you have, do you have an idea of what you want to do for a specialty? I do. I um, definitely want to do infectious disease yeah, I just finished um, my psych rotation, and that was very tempting. But infectious disease, I don't even know how I uh, knew I wanted to do it originally, but I did some research during the summer of our first year and got to shadow on that specialty, and that really solidified it for me. And then every time in any other rotation when, like, you know, ID is consulted or there's an ID case, I just notice my interest go way up um so it just seems to be very consistent that it's what excites me the most <laughs> like you, you, your ears perk up yes, like a dog yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and I, I brought this up because I I did know that you were interested in yes. infectious disease and you know with your you have kind of a, a worldly view and you enjoyed living abroad and yeah. was that part of your consideration as well yes I I definitely I mean you can be many types of doctors in many places but I one of the things that appeals to me about ID is being able to work in sort of resource poor settings which is another thing that really fascinate, fascinates me so not just like different parts of the world but also like following natural disasters or anything where there's sort of a disruption in technology and infrastructure and infectious diseases tend to spike in those right, scenarios yeah. and so um, yeah it's appealing to me to be useful in those situations yeah, that's great. That's great. Would you practice in Germany if if the opportunity? Yes, absolutely. It's basically my dream to go back to 
somewhere in Europe or Scandinavia and Germany. Yeah, that would be great. Well, Europe, if you are listening, <laughs> uh, Elliot Binkard, MD, is is ready and eager to be hired. So, <laughs> uh, did you have any any final comments? No, I don't think so. But I guess like I'm a pretty a pretty good example of of gap years being very useful. So I support this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right. Well, Elliot, thank you so much for coming in and speaking with me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jeremy Altman, and you're listening to Mind the Gap, a podcast segment where I interview current medical students to share their experiences with unique gap years, or going through very non-traditional paths into a career in medicine. It's a pleasure to introduce my next guest of the show, Lauren Tian. Lauren, welcome to the show. Hi, Jeremy. All right. Well, I guess we'll just start off with, um, you know, I'll have you introduce yourself so you could, uh, you know, tell us where you're from, where you went to school, and, you know, what, what you studied while, while you were there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hi, everybody. I'm Lauren. I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area of Texas, was basically there most of my life. I went to school at the University of Texas at Austin, Hook'em Horns. I just want to throw out, you can cut this out, but we did beat OU 49-0 yesterday, so I'm like at a very (laughs) high, I don't know if you have any college football fans listening here, but um, we're riding a high right now. Um, (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) I was out there on the field. Um, Yeah, so... Um, went to UT Austin. I actually got my degree in environmental science, um, but I was pre-med at the time. I thought I was interested in kind of environmental impacts on health, um, maybe like communicable diseases, um, things like that. Oh, very cool. Okay. So did you, did you already know that you wanted to go into medicine in college? Yeah, I was a very typical first gen student, um, first gen of, of, immigrants were like I kind of knew since like high school but at the time like being a doctor was just kind of being like the pinnacle of I don't know occupations like the smartest kids went to med school like the most successful my parents that was basically all they knew was like you could either be a doctor or a lawyer so that was always very natural for me even before college Um, but still even during college like it, it stuck with me I really liked science I really liked people humanities and the more I learned about medicine through college and even after, it was like a really interesting intersection of even like policies and the greater public health. And it's not just, you know, one doctor talking to one patient. Um, right. So I got really lucky in that it was something that kind of like was like a destiny from my family, but I ended up liking it anyway. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad both parties are, are satisfied. Both parties are very satisfied. White Coat is next week and my parents are ecstatic. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a great time. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, you'll have fun. Wow, I can't believe I remember. I just remembered the time that I, I had a white coat ceremony. And yeah, I can't believe it's been like two years at this point. <laughs> Is it like a surreal? Like when I think about it, it's just like putting on a jacket. But there's something very surreal about it. I think. I, I, you know, it's it's kind of it's like overly ceremonial. Yeah, but. I really love that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, when family and friends watch, it's, it's a great time. So. Yeah, I'm excited. It's just, it's just a happy day overall. I'm excited to put on a jacket, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's getting colder out, so yeah. extra layers. Yeah, it's a very expensive <laughs> jacket. <so. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, but anyway, um, just to get into the meat of it, you know, I, I had spoken to you before, but you've, you've had kind of an interesting trajectory into medicine because you knew that you wanted to go into it, but... You did some some other stuff in between, mm-hmm. so uh, I'll just kind of give you the floor. But you know, feel free to tell us, you know, what you kind of did, you know, before starting medical school. Yeah, so I kind of hid the secret with my intro in that I graduated from UT in 2014. So it's mm-hmm. been I definitely am there was definitely a significant gap between when I graduated college and when I started medical school. I, I guess one of the things they don't tell you when you like have this dream and this destiny is that you might not always get it and things don't go to plan. So when I graduated UT, I applied for medical school and I did not get in. And that kind of put me at like a loss because for the first time in my life, I didn't achieve what I wanted and my plan was completely derailed. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And at the time when you're, you know, 22 and you have no other plans, like that's really debilitating to your confidence. And I was just kind of like floating around thinking what's next or how do I get to med school or what can I do? So um, I did float around for a little bit. I worked as a pharmacy technician. I worked as an ER scribe. And then eventually um, the, the connection of scribing for an ER doctor, I got connected with um, a health tech company called Solve Health. Okay. And they were in their very early, super early stages. Um, and I did, did like an event with Solve and the CEO actually reached out to me and, and offered me a position at the startup. And at the time I had no idea what a startup was. I like literally didn't know anything about business or tech or anything. So um, I was very fortunate. They kind of like took me under their wing and I had been working with them for five years. And then I wow. quit right before I started med school. Wow. That's, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so you, what, so like what kind of stuff were you involved with? Cause you, you had studied in environmental science. Yeah. You made the jump to healthcare tech. What was yeah. that like for you? Um, it was not the path. It was like, they definitely had their similarities, but I did not anticipate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was interested in environmental health. And then that kind of fell off because it was very, like, research-heavy, and I realized mm-hmm. I didn't really like bench work. And then, you know, I always just, like, had this, like, healthcare path. Like, everything I did had to tie back to healthcare somehow. So, like, pharmacy technician, there was a healthcare. I was working in a hospital. Right. This tech company, like, it's like a health tech company. So, like, everything I did had a central theme right. of health. Like, under under three degrees of, yeah, of separation. De- <laughs> yeah, you really had to peel back the onion. Um, but everything, like every single decision I did, I was kind of like, okay, how is this helping me to my dream of being a doctor? And even mm-hmm. though there were, you know, a couple degrees removed, that actually helped me in my application because I had something super unique right. that not a lot of people did. Right. So there was a central theme, but you're right that it was like a, a big umbrella. Right, <laughs> right, right. So what, what kind of stuff did you do in, in the, the startup company? Yeah, so I started out, um, so they were super young when I started. This is probably in like 2016, 2017. So they were probably in like 10 to 15 employees when I started. And they were based mm-hmm. in San Francisco, which is super fun because they would fly me out to San Francisco. And like I was just like this young kid, like looking at the big oh, city. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so at the beginning, I started kind of in a customer success support role where we had a few um, beta partners or prospects and like people that were using our software product. And I would, you know, work really closely with them to figure out what they liked about our software and what they didn't. So I worked in that role for about two years. And during that time, I was also, um, getting my master's of public health again, the health path. So I was doing that. And then when I graduated with my MPH, they offered me a role as a product manager, which if you're not familiar with tech, it's kind of the liaison between, the software engineers and everyone else. Um, so you get a lot of inputs. You get a lot of people saying like, I want this button to be green or I want this button to be blue. And you kind of have to like take all that input, regurgitate it and, until I finally tell the software engineer, we want this button to be pink. Right. Um, and for X, Y, Z reasons. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of like work and development and communication and stakeholder management um, which I have, and, and also prioritization and really like standing your ground, which I think will help me a lot in medicine as well. Right, right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> so we had, you had mentioned this before, and I'm putting you on the spot because I find it hilarious that you didn't mention it the first time we had spoken. But you're sort of a, a micro-celebrity. I, <laughs> in very small spheres. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, tell us more about that. I... <sighs> Yeah, and I left it out while talking about this, too. Okay, um, the day after my college graduation, I knew I was not going to medical school, and I had a bit of a moment where I realized, Lauren, you have not done anything for yourself or anything unique or fun in four years. Like, everything I'd done had been, like, around OCHEM. Um, So I saw online, I I was in Austin at the time, and Austin's a really big um, TV and film. They have a big TV and film industry down there. And someone was filming an independent film, and they asked for extras. So I was like, okay, well, I have a couple hours. I'm clearly not in school anymore. So I signed up to be an extra in this indie movie um, in downtown Austin, and it was a night shoot. It was like 12 hours long. It was the most miserable thing, but I absolutely loved it. 
I don't even know what the movie. It was so small. I just know it had the actor who was the dad, uh, who was Bella's dad in Twilight. So if anyone knows that, let me know. <laughs> um, but Amazing. I was like one member in a crowd of a hundred, and it was just so cool to see kind of behind the scenes. Like I would see how they set up the cameras and the audio and the the actor was like rehearsing his lines and I was like, this is so cool and nothing like I've like nothing like my background or anything I've done before. So when I was a background extra, I met a couple people who actually did acting a little bit more like focused and a mm-hmm. little bit more not professionally, but they just did it more. So eventually I worked up a couple more jobs where I was more of a principal actor. I had lines. Um, and after, you know, maybe a year I got an agent, I had like headshots. It was like this whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) So it it ended up being like a really fun outlet because while I was working or in school, I had like this like creative outlet where I could like, I was in like, oh gosh, what was I in? I did like a lot of like training videos for corporations. I did a couple of commercials for bigger brands like Bass Pro Shops. I did like a Christmas ad for them, which was really fun because it was in like July. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a an Allstate commercial, which was really fun. And then I also, I, I might be a celebrity in the in the Philippines. I'm really not sure, but I'm in a Chili's commercial for in the Philippines. <laughs> That's so. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was like, it led to like really, I'm like, I'm not Jennifer Aniston by any stretch of the imagination, but it was a really fun um, outlet and like fun hobby to kind of like self-start on. That's amazing. I, I think that's wonderful. And I just want to reiterate that you left this entire part out when you had reached out to me. So I thought you want to talk about like my tech background, but I, you know, I just wanted to know what people did with their gap years. And I, I, I think it's amazing that you were able to do that. It's a, it's an incredible opportunity. Um, I would have loved to have done that too. I just feel like that's such a fun thing I to, to do. <laughs> I, would love, I don't think there's really a, a film or a TV industry in Vermont, but I would love if there was. It'd be a yeah. fun thing to pick up. But that would be cool. If any yeah. pre-meds are listening to this, you don't have to be in a Chili's commercial to get into medical school. Right. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks. Um, aside from, you know, being a Hollywood star oh, thank you. and <laughs> working in healthcare tech, were there any, you know, because you're applying to medical school a second time, mm-hmm. is there anything else that you're doing differently? Are you taking the MCAT again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, it was a lot. I actually think I reapplied like maybe like three times because I was in Texas. So I applied a couple times in Texas while I was living there. Um, and then when I moved out of Texas, I applied one last time. But to get back to your question, yeah, when I was doing the application, and, and this is a word of caution I would give to anybody, is like, don't just think you can reapply every year with like a little bit of extra fluff and think that's going to make a huge difference. I actually think my reapplication, especially the schools I had already applied to, was scrutinized even harder. And if you didn't make something like big or splashy or exciting, like you were just, it, I didn't get any interviews to the places right. I reapplied to because I didn't make enough difference in my application. And I was just kind of like churning and burning every year, like throwing as much as I could and seeing what would stick and nothing sure. stuck. So, and the biggest difference between my applications before and my applications that got me into med school is like I had, I waited a couple years and like developed some more experiences like in tech and acting and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also retook my MCAT. So this is kind of embarrassing. When I first took the MCAT, it was on the old system, which was like on a score of like, I want to say like 38 or something. It was like, right. Right. Um, and then by the time I knew I had to retake it for this latest cycle, it was on a completely new system. It was longer. It had psychology on it or something. And I was like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) So I had to basically like relearn how to take this MCAT. And luckily, I don't know if it was like grad school or maturity, but I just like approached it completely different than when I did when I was 21 or 20. Um, I just like, it came a lot easier. It made sense. I feel like when I was in college, I was just like trying to like memorize the books. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the way to do it. So I, yeah, I had to retake the MCAT, got a much better score, got in. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's actually funny that you, you had mentioned that because one thing I, I, I took the MCAT a second time yeah. as well. And I remember the first time I had taken it, uh, when I was prepping for it, I was just I didn't have any endurance when mm-hmm. I was taking the test. Like all the practice tests that I were that I was taking, I would always just be so burnt out like halfway through. Yeah. One thing that I realized was once I started working 
like full time and then studying when I got home, I would do a practice test on the weekend and I would get through the whole thing just fine. Like just like working for like eight hours a day Mm -hmm. and then studying just kind of made taking the test kind of like just like a work day. Yeah. That I feel like I would have had more endurance being like a college student, but I, I felt like I was better equipped to take a long test after working for, you know, a year. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think in college, as, at least for me, I would go to class for an hour, come home, take a nap. And right, then go to the dining go, hall. Yeah, go work <laughs> yeah. out, go to the dining Like, my day was in, like, you know, hour-long segments. Right. So you really don't, you aren't forced to sit for a test for seven hours in college. Whereas in the workforce, you're forced to, like, be in a physical place for the whole day. And you're right. Like, I actually do think, I think, like, for people who have a couple years outside of college to take that MCAT, I think there is a benefit with the endurance. Like, not even just with learning the material, but being able to sit and focus on one thing for more than an hour. Any particular obstacles that you feel like you overcame that, you know, kind of was, like, an important lesson for you? Yeah, are you talking about like in the application process? Yeah, like was, yeah. Is, is there anything that because well you kind of mentioned that you were you know you you kind of added more to your resume you mm-hmm. you added your MPH got, you were involved with acting you <laughs> did you did all these things and took on more responsibilities. Um, I guess my question is more what was particularly difficult with like each successive time that you applied? Like yeah. was it harder to write supplemental essays? How many times did you end up writing your your personal oh statement? Oh my gosh! Are there like five hundred drafts. Yeah, the, <laughs> I think it's all in my Google Drive too. So we can unearth that one day if we're, <laughs> if we're feeling really <laughs> sadistic. Um, yeah, it was it was hard. I, the MCAT was a big obstacle because I mentioned it was our, it was a new test, but also I was a couple years out of college when I retook it. So I was, I felt like I had to like relearn, not relearn the wheel. Like I'm always going to know the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, right? but just like, it just wasn't as fresh and it wasn't coming to me as quickly. So that was a really big obstacle where I basically had to be like, okay, everything that you learned when you were 18, like try to bring that back, Lauren, like, what are we doing? Um, and then I also mentioned like my study habits and that, you know, the endurance component, like all of those things were things that I didn't have to do for years because I was working or, you know, grad school didn't have kind of that same environment. Mm -hmm. So the MCAT was a hard one. I think there was also a very much a psychological piece to reapplying as many times as I did, especially at like the age that I was applying because you you get into this moment. And I think med students, when they go right into med school out out of college, have like kind of the same FOMO. But you kind of get to this point like, God, I'm reapplying again. Like, should I be, is this a pipe dream? Is this the universe telling me that this was not meant to be? Mm-hmm. It gets it gets to you psychologically and just like your your confidence does take a hit with every successive application because you're just like, it feels like you're like climbing up a mountain and like someone's like kicking you down every single time. So yeah. um, that hurts. And then just like more tactically, like you're thinking like the financials I'm putting into this and the time commitment, like I'm, gonna, I'm starting med school when I'm 30 and like, you know, a lot of people are, are getting out at this time or, you know, wanting to start families and travel and make money. And, like, I walked away from a great career where I was, you know, confident and had, you know, stability to being bottom of the totem pole again. So, yeah, it, there's there's definitely some sort of, oh, I forgot, like, opportunity costs, I think, is the yes. thing in economics where you're just like, is this worth the opportunity cost of applying again to hit my confidence, the applications, which are a lot of money and time. and Right. Yeah. You know, it's it's a lot. Well, I'm I'm glad that you made the decision to keep going because um, <laughs> you're here now, and you you got through it, and you could now tell the tale of it, how you persevered. It's yeah, it's really bizarre to think about now that I'm reflecting on this with you right now, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking like this was a dream that I've wanted for probably a decade. Yeah. Um, and I had been, you know, the door shut on me so many times and I just am stubborn and I yeah. kept going, which I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but it worked out. It did. <laughs> and, I'm, you know, I, th- I think it's great and you should you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. You know, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about your experience in medical school because I I'm a third year. So I have all this. I have all this vast experience, yeah. but I kind of want to see what it's like through the eyes of someone who's been here for for just two months. What has medical school been like for you so far? 
Oh, man. I hate to sound like the cliche, but when I when I was before med school, everyone told me about drinking, it's like drinking out the, the fire hose or oh, something. Oh, yes, yes. And I thought it was like a stupid metaphor or whatever. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. And so far I have no regrets, which I think is really, which I'm taking as a win because I was, I was walking away from a lot, as I mentioned, like my career and everything um, to become bottom of the totem pole. So I was really, really scared that I would have regrets like as soon as I started. Mm-hmm. Um, I have had none so far, which is incredible. Just like thinking about the potential that I have as a doctor and seeing students like you and like everyone just so happy and like we're stressed and whatever, but we're happy that we're stressed and we're just right. happy to be here, honestly. It's been a lot of fun. I like it a lot. It is a lot of work and it will test you, not not just mentally, but emotionally, like your your mental health and your, you know, all that, all the healths. It is going to test you and, like, really make you prioritize what's important to you. Absolutely. Um, but it's been great. I love it. Is there is there anything from your gap years that you feel, like, like any skills yeah. or lessons or just, just kind of insights in general that kind of helped you during your first couple of months of, of med school? Yeah, absolutely. I think the time in my gap years, I developed a strong sense of self, which... And also a sense of, this is not the term I'm trying to say, but selfishness, where I'm prioritizing myself. I think if I had gone into med school right out of college, I've been just like a yes man to everything, going to every class, every seminar, whatever, just trying to be like the gunner. And And I had to prioritize that in med school. And it's something that I learned working in tech. Like my whole job is prioritization. It's figuring out like what's important, what needs to be done right now. Right. Versus what can be done in, in two months from now or something. So med school is all about prioritization now. Like, yeah. I could go to this class or I can do this assignment or, you know, whatever. And just trying to figure out, like, your time is... You realize in med school your time is so limited because there's just so much content and so many things to attend and whatever. So you really have to prioritize, like, what do I need to do right now? Right. Um, so that's been good. And also just in that line, not just academically, but prioritizing your personal side your personal self too like I really need to work out or I want to bake cookies and this will be good for me to take a break or you know I just got married so my husband I need to prioritize my time with him as well so just being like very like sense of like I need to do this for me and everything else can wait I think is something that needs to be learned from all students going into med school right well, first of all, Mazel Tov. I'm getting married. <laughs> Thank you. Because, <laughs> what was it, last weekend? Yeah, it was two weekends ago. Two weekends yeah. ago. So just very fresh. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. You know, I was I was curious, and, and we had spoken about this before, but I was wondering if you had any, if you've made any reflections on balancing the, the kind of physical and emotional demands of medicine and balancing it with, with the physical and emotional demands of, of a marriage. Because in a way, yeah. it's kind of like, two marriages at the same time. <laughs> it is. It is. Um, having a, a dual marriage with medis- with UVM and right. my husband, Ryan, it's been a lot, honestly. This is something that I think I'm struggling with the most on a personal level mm-hmm. because as a, as a achieving student, as you know, as every med student knows, like you wish you could put all your time into study. Like you don't wish you could, but you just know you could be so much more if you devoted like 100% of your time to studying medicine. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I, like I, you don't have that. I don't have that. And nobody has that. And I've really had to learn how to prioritize my personal relationships and make that just as important as medicine. And it's really hard to do that when you know, like you have like tests and quizzes and like this big cloud of like I don't want to fail out of medical school. Right. Um, and it just seems so much more urgent than this like long term relationship you're in. But I've really had to prioritize. You know, even if it's just an hour of watching Game of Thrones with my husband at night, um, it's like something that sometimes it's really hard to pull me away. Sometimes he's like, okay, dinner's ready. Let's watch our show and eat dinner. And I'm like, no, I really need to learn the Krebs cycle. Right. <laughs> like, and that's so ridiculous. Just, just 50 more Anki cards. <laughs> 50 yeah. more cards, please. So it's really hard to pull me away from that. But um, you have to because, you know, my relationship with my husband is the most important in my life and that's going to be there before, after, during med school. Yeah. So um, there's a real balancing where you have to, like, carve out that time for your personal relationships. And it's not just my husband, too. Like, it could be for your parents, your roommate, your friends, whatever, yourself. 
um, just remembering that like your personal relationships are so much more important than anything going on in med school. Right. Yeah. I think that's incredibly important advice and, you know, it's, it's so important to have your perspective too. Cause I, I, it's at least at, at UVM, there's just, I feel like the range of ages of, of M ones yeah. is just so wide. Like there's people that go straight from undergrad mm-hmm. and then there's people who, you know, are like over 30 and mm-hmm. are switching from an entirely different career. And we're all like at the same level yeah. once we enter these doors because everyone has different experience and stuff, but we're all, we're all kind of struggling through it at the same time. And it's really interesting. Yeah. It's super interesting. Cause like, I mean, I love, I love being married. And I love my husband. Like, as I mentioned, sometimes it's really hard to pull yourself away and like, right. commit that. And then I have some single friends in med school who are like, so much younger than me. I feel like I'm their mom at this point. I'm definitely <laughs> just like a, a state of mind, but, and, and they like can devote all this time because they have no relationships really to like foster or Kate, not no relationships, but like they don't have like a person living in their apartment with them right. who wants to watch. Like they have with like complete independence to yeah. just do whatever they want. They yeah. do. So there are times I'm like, wow, that's nice to just have that time only for yourself. But then they've talked to me, you know, it's incredibly lonely. They definitely have their own challenges. Um, and I wouldn't trade my situation for that at all, but I, I do empathize for them a lot because mm-hmm. I can see how it'd be very isolating. Yeah. That's, it's kind of, that's an interesting take because there's, there's pros and cons to, yeah, to both. To both. Yeah. yeah. I, cause I, I think balancing the, the academic stability with kind of having that emotional, emotionally supportive network is just, so important for mm-hmm. being a successful provider because there's just like you're going to have new types of stresses you know when you go through medical school there's going to be you know stuff like the Krebs cycle or yeah. memorizing the brachial plexus <laughs> but then there's like new stuff just getting nervous about being evaluated by mm-hmm. attendings and residents and it's just all these new types of things that you never really considered to be a stress factor mm-hmm. yeah so it's just it's good to have someone to talk to and you know, whether it's a significant other or having friends. Yeah. You know, I will say, you know, those who are not with a significant other, I think the cool thing about medical school is that we're all going through the same exact thing at the Mm -hmm. same time. And I feel like we all just kind of have a bond. I was going to say, you know, you've only been here for, for a couple of months, but is there anything that surprised you about starting medical school or... Or like, what, what's what's your favorite thing, if you have one? My favorite thing? The people are really cool here. They are. I don't know if it's like that at every school, but the people here are very, very cool. Yeah. Um, which I really enjoyed, because I think there's a stigma that's probably right in some places of med students being gunners, antisocial, like super just competitive. And I'm not a competitive person. Um, I don't think medicine benefits from being overly competitive either. So I think, like, everyone that I've met is someone who I'd like to work with in 10 years, which is super valuable. That's great, yeah. Yeah. So the people here are super cool. Um, as far as surprises, obviously the curriculum is, like, a huge, it's like, a huge, like, slap in the face. Like, <laughs> right. like oh, you did well in college? Here's the Krebs cycle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of, lot of interesting stuff to stress over. <laughs> it, they, they certainly do not, um, they don't skimp on that. So the, I think my biggest surprise is probably the curriculum, but that's very, like, much small compared to my, like, pleasant surprise of everyone being so nice and supportive here. Right. Um, okay. Well, I'll wrap it up soon with, with one question for you. But you kind of covered this before, but I'll just say it again just in case there was anything else that you wanted to add. What advice would you give students who are in a similar position to you or you know, someone who's thinking about, you know, reapplying to medical school mm-hmm. or taking a gap year, you know, after all the years that you spent preparing to go to medical school, the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah. As the leading expert of reapplying to medical school, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say um, for any like pre-meds who are listening to this, just have a really strong sense of self, which is something that I had to learn by being rejected. And I don't want everyone to go through that, obviously. But just really ask yourself, like, is this what's going to make me the happy? Is going to medical school going to make me the happiest? Because you're going to have a lot of inputs from society, your your immigrant parents, or, like, your competitive friends who 
like want to get into medical school for their own reasons and they might not be the I won't say the best but just like the strongest reasons for you to make such a a life commitment to something that you know is going to be a brutal journey so just really think like is this it is this what like the only thing that can make me happy and you know I think I could have saved myself a lot of years of turmoil if I had really thought about that and like made conscious decisions towards that step instead I just kind of floated around and it took me to like go to another career and you know and all these things for me to realize like yeah I do still want this um and I I don't want everyone to go that path because it's definitely not like (laughs) feasible (laughs) but yeah just like ask yourself like is this it and if this is it yeah take those steps like really make intentional steps don't accept barely getting by and think you're going to get in med school like it's very competitive it's really hard to get in yeah. Well, I mean, you're a shining example of, of perseverance and <laughs> your, your story is incredible. Some call uh, it stubborn. I'm a, some call it a shining example of being stubborn, but yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think that's a trait that, that will work in your benefit as a provider. Cause mm-hmm. if you, if you feel like something is right, you'll, you'll stand up for it and, and do things until you get what you want. And it's, yeah. I think that's really good, especially for, you know, if it's advocating for a patient I, I was I would certainly want you by my side. So oh, I, I think that's great. And I, I really appreciate that you came in to share your story with us. And hopefully you'll I'll see you on TV as well. <laughs> <laughs> this is the first step to my path of being. <laughs> yeah. Wait, if I go to the Philippines, I'll look out for some chilies. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Please don't. But yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I really enjoyed this. everyone. My name is Jeremy Altman and you're listening to Mind the Gap, a podcast segment where I interview current medical students to share their experiences with unique gap years or going through very non-traditional paths into a career in medicine. It's a pleasure to introduce my next guest of the show, Taylor Drake. Taylor, Hello. welcome to the show. <laughs> very eager. That's that's good. Um, so I guess we'll just start with having you do a quick introduction. So just tell us uh, where you're from, Uh, where you went to college, what you studied, and uh, what year you are in medical school. Yeah, um, my name is Taylor. I'm from Tucson, Arizona. I went to undergrad at Gonzaga University in Spokane, Washington. I ended up graduating with a business degree, and I'm currently a third-year medical student here. All right, wonderful. So Taylor, uh, you're here today because you you went down a sort of non-traditional path into medicine, but I was wondering if maybe you could give us a little summary of, of what you did before you started medical school. Yeah. So like I said, I went to school in Washington State. I actually originally wanted to be a doctor, and I came in my freshman year a little bit lost, joined um, the rowing team, got involved in athletics, and kind of weeded myself out of the pre-med trajectory because I was just too involved in extracurriculars. So got advice from an advisor to uh, get a business degree. That's what I did. And I didn't know what to do with it after I graduated. So I did some work just to save some money. I worked at a resort for a few months and then I saved enough money to go to Argentina to be an au pair for a family for six months and I traveled around South America and then I came back and um, kind of had to face what I wanted to do and I think deep down I still wanted to do medicine so I grappled with that. I um, ended up moving to Seattle where a lot of my friends from college were. I got my EMT certification. Um, I thought I would go back to school to be a PA, so I started being an EMT to get hours for PA requirements. And then I met my now fiance, who was starting medical school in Rochester, New York. So I started to look at post-bac programs in, um, on the East Coast and landed at UVM. And then... Uh, as I was doing my post back, decided I wanted to do the whole thing and be a doctor. So I did all the courses and kind of the rest is history. I'm here. Wonderful. <laughs> well, we're glad you're here. 
Yeah, so you you did you did quite a bit before starting med school. So you kind of went down this the business path for a little bit, and then you spent some time in Argentina, which I I want to talk about in a second. But what was it that that kind of reeled you back into wanting to apply to medical school? Uh, I had a serious conversation with my stepdad, who's an anesthesiologist, and he just one night like pulled me aside and, and looked me like square in the eyes and was like, are you sure you don't want to do medicine? And like my gut reaction, I almost, I started tearing up because I knew deep down that I, I think I'd always wanted to do medicine. Um, but when I graduated college, I saw all of my friends kind of starting their careers in finance and accounting. And I thought that it was too late for me to go back to school. So I think I kind of just like put the medical dream aside for a while and it just took somebody asking me that question for me to realize like yeah that's actually what I want to do what were what were some obstacles for you when trying to because you spent some time doing other things and then I imagine there must have been some hesitation with with moving forward with applying to med school were there any particular obstacles that you encountered along the way Yeah, I think mostly mental obstacles because like I said, I felt like I was way behind my peers and I I think I was a little bit ashamed also that like I didn't have my stuff together and I saw everybody else I thought that they did. So first and foremost, like I thought that time was not on my side and so I kind of had to for a long time work through that mental hurdle and I think that's why I originally wanted to, I set my sights on PA school because it was a, it's a shorter course, and I thought I was going to be so old by the time I got out of PA school, but here we are, and I'm in medical school, and I'm fine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah. You made it this far. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> so I, I kind of wanted to jump back to the spending some time in South America, but what kind of led you to that opportunity? I think I always wanted to travel and I had a friend who was an au pair in Amsterdam and I originally was just going to try to go travel by myself and I was thinking about woofing and working on a farm and stuff and my friend said maybe you should try being a nanny or an au pair and you can make money and you can travel and kind of do things on your own terms. So and I for some reason I feel like I just randomly picked Argentina Um, and I'm so glad that I did because I think South America is just an underrated place to travel anyway and I had an incredible experience down there that's awesome yeah I I imagine you you brushed up on your Spanish quite a bit too I did yeah I uh from being from Arizona I like knew Spanish which was nice because I got to practice more I was I was gonna say um since since you uh were pretty good with with conversational Spanish. Uh, were were there any particular experiences or skills that you kind of gathered along the way in your gap years that kind of have helped you with with medical school, yeah. or just the, like a medical career in general? Yeah, I think mostly I matured a lot. I don't think that the Taylor who graduated from college in twenty thirteen was equipped to go into medical school and to deal with patients. Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely gained a lot of maturity and I think interpersonal skills also. Yeah. And then I also just learned about things that I don't want to do, which I think was really important for me because I came into this process not questioning whether or not I wanted to do medicine anymore. And so I'm really thankful that I took the time to do other things before committing myself to um, such a, a big uh, undertaking. Right, right. So how's, how's medical school been going for you? Is there anything, like just from the, from the view of kind of having this non-traditional background, were there any surprises to you when, when starting med school or anything that you're seeing like on the wards that, you know, makes you think like, oh man, this is... This is very different from what I could have been doing. (laughs) No, I think my expectation was it was going to be really hard, and it's really hard. Um, (laughs) So that matches. I don't know if I have any surprising um, things, but I mean, I'm learning new stuff every single day, whether or not it's, it's medical related or dealing with patients. It's just, it's an incredible learning experience, and... 
don't know. Every day is just learning something new and yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, is what are what are some things that you enjoy most about being in med school? Uh, I mean, I'm a very social person, so it's really fun to get to be around people all of the time and both working with my peers and also with with patients and then also with care teams in the hospital and in clinics and stuff. Um, I think that's really amazing. And I don't know, I'm learning a lot. Like I'm learning, I typically have not been the strongest student. And so I'm continuously tuning my uh, learning process sure. up a little bit. I'm a work in progress and I enjoy the, the like process. We're, we're all works in progress. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's what medical school is. It's just kind of fine-tuning everything that we need to fix. And it's, I don't know, there's a lot of growth. I feel like the, the person that I was when I started med school is completely different from now, for better or worse. Probably but... <laughs> for, mu- for better. I don't, I don't know you before med school. But... <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Um, you. You spent some time doing all these things. And, you know, you mentioned how you were kind of worried about, like, oh, I'm going to feel so old when I'm done with grad school. Are there any aspects that you regret about the gap years that you've taken? Because it sounds like you you matured a lot. You know, what, what are some things that you feel were good for you about your gap years? And then I guess I'll ask later, you know, what, what do you think you wish you did differently about your gap years? I don't know. I, I'm thankful that I took the time to, to do things that I was interested in. I didn't mention this before, but when I... After I took the MCAT, I um, lived with my now fiance when he was in med school and I worked at a brewery and I worked on a farm simultaneously. And so I really took advantage of the time that I had outside of medical school to do things that I know I'll probably never do again. Sure. Um, So I really enjoyed getting to pour beers for people every night and getting my hands dirty at the farm and traveling around. So I feel like I really took advantage of my, um, my, my gap years. And also working as an EMT was a really incredible experience. That's great. What, yeah. where, where, were you, uh, where were you an EMT? I was in Seattle for two years. And then I did Essex Rescue here in Vermont for the year and a half that I did my post back. Okay. And what was that like for you? Did you feel like that was kind of a good like segue into medicine? Yeah, it's really different. I think it got me very comfortable managing patients, but it's obviously a completely different setting. And so in some ways it was helpful and in other ways it's just, you know, patient care on uh, floors is is not the same as patient care in an ambulance. Right, right. So I I imagine when you were in Seattle, you had more of like a a city-based population and then here it was more like rural yeah. in a way. Okay. Yeah. Were there any like particular differences that kind of surprised you? Not related to the setting, but um, the setup of EMS between different states is is quite different. Um, so my scope of practice in Seattle was very limited. Um, and here I was working with people who were my age and starting IVs in the back of the truck and stuff. So the experience from that standpoint was really different. Nice. Yeah. That's great. And then you, you kind of brushed on this before, but uh, you kind of chose your list of medical schools to apply to based on like being on the East Coast or, or the Northeast because of your fiance. Yeah, yeah. mostly. Um, and then being from Arizona, I applied to the U of A and some schools um, out West also. And I applied DO and MD. So I had a little bit of a wider net. Right, yeah. right. So did I. Just a shotgun blast of, of schools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and I guess, you know, we'll, I guess we'll just wrap it up. But what advice would you give students who may be in a similar position to you, whether that be, you know, changing majors or deciding between PA and, uh, you know, medical programs, anything that you feel like you learned along the way, share your wisdom. <laughs> I think just knowing that there's, I used to think that everybody's path was very linear. And again, I meet people every single day who have very nonlinear journeys. And so I think just being okay with the fact that it it's going to take some twists and turns and that's kind of how life goes. 
So being comfortable with changes and going with your gut feeling, I think, because like if I had gone to PA school, I probably would have a great life, but I think at the end of the day, I definitely would have some regrets. So just like no regrets. No regrets. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. I would also say just reach out to people. That's like a, a huge piece of advice also. Just don't be afraid to reach out to people because I think, you know, people are super responsive and helpful and kind is what I've found. So if you ever need advice, just go for it. That's true. Yeah, there's there's like an overwhelming amount of people that always want to talk yeah. and, and share their experience as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Taylor, thank you for coming in and, and speaking with me. Uh, this was great. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. <laughs> All right. 